You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go! If you're wondering who that is, well, sure as shit ain't Dak, and that's because Dak is dying right now. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. And let it begin. So, yeah, Dak is dying, so he's going to try and participate all while not, uh, you know, asphyxiating himself uh, through the end of the podcast. So we'll see what happens. It'll it may be a real record for the first person. I'm probably not the first, but you might be the first person to die on a podcast before. We'll see. Yep. I'm uh, I'm worth a lot of insurance money though. So, you know, somebody a couple rooms over from me has probably got their fingers crossed. And uh, to your point, uh, enough Miller light will drown out any virus that is scientifically proven good friends. So I'm excited to be here. Uh, I may sound a little raspy. I may have to mute myself at, you know, certain points in times and hack up a, a little bit of a lung, but uh, we're going to truck on and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good in spirits and uh, we got a hell of an episode today. Yeah. It's the uh, kind of the transition to what the rest of the podcast will be for the next, you know, four or so months. We got one football game left. Uh, coming up next week, which we'll have a full Super Bowl lay down next week. But we're going to have a whole smattering of other topics that we can run through. Smattering? Is that a word? It is a word. Look it up. Okay. No, uh, it's uh, irregardless to me. You sure? I, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. If, you, if you've only been listening to the podcast for a couple months, you're like, beer, sports, life really doesn't play guys because uh you only talk about football so tonight we're going to bring in a little bit just the dish the smidgen of uh of some hockey and some golf and we're both excited about that because dave and i are avid golfers and we love hockey and i played hockey a little bit and uh it's you know it's one of those sports that if you don't know then you need to know go watch a hockey game they're still slinging it and punch each other in the face and so it's just one of those good old boy sports and so we love it and we can't wait for uh hockey season but we'll save that for a little bit later in the episode we do have some football to talk about uh we've got yes. two we've got an afc and uh an nfc champion crowned let me hear your initial thoughts yeah so uh obviously your initial thoughts are uh you know aarp it needs to start taking out it, you know, it's insurance policies for the San Francisco 49ers because there are some geriatric sons of bitches in there. I mean, 
if you didn't watch the game, Christian McCaffrey, who was a running back, if you don't know that, then you probably need to listen to all of our episodes so we can bring you into the, the 21st century. But he was literally looking at a play sheet because he was going to play quarterback because not one, not two, not three, but four 49ers quarterbacks were injured and could not play. So obviously, you know, going back through the season, Jimmy G gets injured as well as the other guy who started Trey before Lance. Jimmy G, Trey Lance. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, Brock Purdy went on his crazy tirade and then he gets his ligament torn in his elbow in the first quarter. And then the backup to the backup to the backup, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant regional manager comes in and tries to put it together. Doesn't go so well for him. He gets a concussion. So now you have, uh, you have Christian McCaffrey trying to do play calls. Didn't end up well for the 49ers. Uh, And one of the probably the most dominant thing, and one thing we didn't necessarily talk about enough last week, was how good Philly's defense is, uh, specifically on rushing the passer, uh, have the most sacks in the NFL through the regular season, and they they know how to get after the quarterback, which may be an issue going forward for the Chiefs. We shall see. Uh, anything from the Eagles game that you really picked up? Um. Well, I mean, you know, it was kind of opposite of what we really chatted about last week. Uh, uh, Big Rich was really high on that defense and and really thought um, San Fran was going to take the day. Um, I thought it was almost one-sided. Now, granted, what was occurring on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they really couldn't stack points against Jalen Hurts right. in that offense. But also their defense did not do what they should have done, you know. It's one thing if your offense can't score, but your your defense can still keep you in a game with holding, you know, the opposing offense. And and it was pretty one sided. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get into a little Super Bowl preview, but Eagles look dirty, man. I don't know. Uh, I love the you know I, I tend to pull for AFC teams. I I've always been a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think they have some off off the charts you know, talent on that team. I think Kelsey will go down as one of, the, one of, if not the best tight ends of all time, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They better watch their ass because those Eagles, man, that, I mean, they could, they could turn it up. And uh, I thought Jalen Hurts did not miss a step in the um, regional game or divisional game, excuse me. And I, I thought he did not miss a step in the NFC championship game. So he, he looked like the dude and it seemed pretty one-sided to me. Um, very unfortunate events when your star running back is like looking at play sheets to be the running back. And that's, that's, you know, props to the San Francisco, uh, franchise, their fan base and everybody for even getting that far with, you know, the last pick in the, the, in the draft, like right. Brock Purdy, not supposed to be there guys. You have a franchise drafted quarterback in Trey Lance, um, who's supposed to be the dude who goes down who you are like, okay, of all scenarios, this one's okay because we know what Jimmy G can do. Also goes down. And then, like you said, caught fire with Brock Purdy. And then you've got a dude – I had to look him up. I didn't know where the hell he was from. Um, So props to that that franchise. They're not going anywhere. They're going to come back, you know, stronger. Those Eagles, man, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's uh, and, and on the offensive side, they did have a couple like they they once Brock Purdy got injured, they did look a little lethargic for a couple drives. Uh, I think going into half, even uh, you know, 49ers were still around. They were only down, I think, by eleven points. And then in the second half, it was just it was all Eagles. So and they have a you know a, again. So Jalen Hurts. When he's able to run, he does a really good job. They have a, a pretty decent run game as well. And then, I mean, on the outside, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I mean, you're not going to come up with probably a better one-two pair that's sitting out there on the same team. So uh, both dynamic players that if they catch the ball and you're not, you know, they could go the whole, they could go the distance. So they definitely have all the pieces. Uh, we shall see what the Chiefs have in store. All right, so a little more controversial. Let's move into the other game with Cincy and the Chiefs. Uh, hell of a game. I won't lie to you. I was sicker than dog shit, and so I was like in and out delusional. Where am I? Wait, it's football season. Oh, hey, Joe Burrow. Like I was all over the place, dude, and it was not It was not a good event. Um, so I, I'll defer to you. I know there was a lot of stuff that I missed, but I know there were some questionable play calls. Uh, there was some questionable referee calls. Yeah. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it was a field goal win. So give me your thoughts and break down this game for those who, you know, were rocking 104 fever and, and delusional or just not football fans, you know? Yeah. So the, this one, obviously, this was kind of this was the game that we were all looking forward to. Uh, unlike Big Rich, I think Dak and I both like I bet the Eagles to win pretty handily. Uh, I thought that they would, you know, this is where Brock Purdy would kind of show he was a uh, a rookie. Uh, but the Cincy Kansas City game was totally different, right? This is the probably one of the best. I was going to say Brock Purdy didn't show his rookiness; he just got injured. So yeah, that's true. But this was the game, right? It's it, these two quarterbacks have been going back and forth. Obviously, Joe Burrow has been having a lot of success against Kansas City, and what I looked for was, you know, like the Buffalo game where the Bengals defense was going to stand up. They got a good secondary, a, a pretty good front four, and they were going to get after a, you know, kind of hobbled Patrick Mahomes. And that turned out to be the exact opposite. You had the Bengals who have been plagued. I mean, the real one of the biggest reasons why they lost the Super Bowl last year was the fact that Joe Burrow could not stay upright that they yeah. couldn't block like a seventh grader trying to rush much, much less professionals. And that really turned out to be the case here. I mean, he sacked, I think six times in the game and he's a stud. I mean, he being able to stand in there, he obviously threw a, a somewhat of a bad pick, but you know, trying to force the ball a little bit, they never really got the run game going. So great job on Kansas city. I did not, their defense is not super highly rated. And so good job on them having a great scheme but I think the the real, you know, the, the crazy parts of this game is, unfortunately, you know, we're in the AFC championship game. There's literally not another fucking football game on. And we have controversial call after controversial call just going through the from in the in the first half, you have a uh, running back it's clearly out of bounds. Since he running back, Mixon is clearly out of bounds, diving for the goal line. He's way out of bounds, and he takes a shot 
uh, in the side of the dome piece. No flag, no late hit. Like it was pretty obvious that he was out of bounds. Uh, and they they continue playing. You have some really odd like kind of ticky tack like defensive holding penalties that crushed Cincy on a couple drives. And then the two biggest ones is, you know, third down for the Kansas city. And, you know, this is late in the game, you know, eight minutes or so left in the fourth quarter, third down, they play the down incomplete pass. So Kansas city is going to have to punt. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, here comes the head ref. And he says, hold on a second. We tried to stop the play. So we're going to replay the down. That was weird. It's so weird. And if the announcers are like, well, we didn't see anybody like no one ran. I mean, we've seen this where it's happened, right? It wasn't due to a challenge. It was due to a clock issue, apparently. Uh, And so then obviously Cincinnati is and I'm a big fan of Zach Taylor. I think he is a great coach. I I think he is one of the real dudes that's going to be the future in the NFL. And he's obviously outside of his mind, as I would be, too. God bless whoever that sideline referee was because he was getting his ear hole chewed off. Yeah. Uh, and so they play the down again since he gets a sack. And then it's a defensive holding call away from the play. And then you even go to Tony Romo. That's just like, wow, that's that's a tough one. And it's just it was those types of things that seemed to happen over and over. And then finally, in the final play of the game, or one the second to last play of the game, uh, Patrick Mahomes is scrambling good on him to like just got through a high ankle sprain and he's scrambling to get a first down with only about eight seconds left. He gets pushed to go out of bounds and then a the Bengals player and I, you know, fault me. I'm forget his name linebacker who is it's his, his rookie season I believe first season in the NFL. He's just trying to make a play. He's diving, trying to make a play, and then he realizes, I think in the re- video, he realizes that Patrick Mahomes is out of bounds. But the natural like human reaction to I'm out of bounds and someone's in front of me and I'm about to run them over is to stick your hands out, right, to like stop yourself. So Patrick Mahomes falls down. Uh, he was clearly out of bounds when he gets touched, but it was not like a shove. It was uh, my hands are outstretched and I and I run into the back of someone and they fall down with about eight seconds left. And of course, the referees throw the flag, which moves what would have been a not field goal. No, they were out of range uh, and to a 35 yard chip shot at the end of the game. And doesn't matter whether you're unless you're a Chiefs fan. I talked to a lot of different fans at the end of total different teams that have no dogs in this fight. And the consensus was that was a bullshit call, especially seeing in the fact that in the first half, you did not call a late hit. That was obvious. Blayton could have been targeting hit in something. And Oh, by the way, the rookie that, that, you know, ends up pushing Patrick Mahomes, like he hyper extends his knee literally in the next step. He's trying to stop so bad. Like, it's obvious that is not intentional. It's two players. You got to appreciate the circumstances and know that huddle up for like two seconds and be like, hey, guys, they're on the 60 
or excuse me, this is a 60 yard field goal. If they go for it right now, if we call this foul, it's a 35 yard field goal and the game's over. Let's pick the, that's not, let's pick the flag up and say it was not intentional, not a late hit and let's play it on. Cause otherwise we're just handing the game to, to Kansas city. And uh, it's, you know, and that's across the board, across the board, everyone's like, again, going on to like the mantra of drink and think is why in the world do referees not have to get on after the play, after the game and say, Hey, this is what we were thinking. And it just, it, it's just stupid. Like it's such a terrible way to end a great football game, completely undeserved. And it's once again, Unfortunately, this is something that you tend to see with Kansas City and the referees a lot and Patrick Mahomes and the referees a lot. And it's just it's really disappointing. Yeah, so I'm a fan of the standard is the standard. We don't deviate from the standard, right? Like everybody knows what it is. This is a big military thing, too, right? If you know what the standard is, if you know that's going to be a no call. okay, cool. Or, hey, if you know that's going to be a call that changes the entire game of football. Not saying I necessarily agree with that. I I'm I'm all about let them play, because just as much as you can be a, you know, a DPI that can be an offensive pass interference too. Like let the guys play, um, but you have to be concrete in how you call games. You can't be one way one game and another way the next, right? And so I completely agree with you. There has to be some reform when we go. This is this is the right answer, and this is how we move going forward um you know even even like you said like hey let's huddle up take a couple of seconds you and i talked about this and uh, again to kind of relate it to the military life is um you know when you're deployed and you have like a you're looking at the battlefield you have 50 different angles and you've got cameras looking everywhere and you can see every angle that you can and you've got a dude that's dedicated to looking at that why like what is new york's intent there you know yeah why why are there not 10 people going hey you need to stop no that's not really his intent that was an accident look like dude nearly broke his knee in half trying to stop um you got to do something to kind of hone in on what the right answer is and um it's unfortunate that that happens in a in a championship game that determines the super bowl competitor um yeah and i don't know i saw a couple of uh, news outlet sources saying like you know these guys are part-time and these guys are uh you know is there some collusion and you know these guys getting paid in the back alley like no i don't think that's the thing i i think it's more of an ignorance thing um you've got human beings calling at the highest level penalties and and decisions that change the outcome of you know who's going to the highest level of the highest sport in america it's a big deal and so that's a lot of pressure and so uh, i i don't think there's any crazy shit happening but i do think there needs to be something looked at to where we can tighten our shot group here um it's still super unfortunate yeah and like go into your point about what is New York's job. We we talked about this yesterday. Like on the Devon, so uh, pivotal play at the beginning of the Philly uh, or the Philly Forty ers game. Devonte Smith on a fourth and three goes up and makes a ridiculous catch, as it looks like. And then we're like, oh man, they're up first and goal. 
uh, the Eagles run a play, get a touchdown quickly. We go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break to about two minutes later. And then they're like, hold on a second. This new camera angle just came in and showed that this was yeah. absolutely 100% not a catch. And I'm like, how in the world? First off, how is that not known? Like, how are the referees not getting buzzed down to say, hey, that wasn't a catch. Look at this camera angle. Uh, Multi-multi-million we... dollar organization. Yeah. Put a dude and, that's getting paid shit money to look at a camera angle, right? Yeah. And we got, we're all of a sudden finding cameras like two minutes later. Like, you're telling me New York doesn't have every possible camera angle for every play up on a screen and they don't have 20 dudes just watching it to, to see, like, how are we, you know, it's not like the Eagles snap the, the ball in within like 15 seconds. I mean, it takes... 30, 40 seconds or in the run down the field, get lined up, all that kind of stuff. It's just, again, like, what are we doing if this sport makes billions of dollars a year that it comes down to some, you know, tchotchke that, you know, couldn't, you know, that can't really play the game, that knows the rules that just run down the field. How is it up to that one individual to make or break how the season turns out for teams? It's just really disappointing the way that that, that matchup worked out. I will say this, uh, something that's disappointing. And I think that's, that's maybe some cultural aspects of Cincy. Uh, and I think that that may be one thing that bit him in the ass. Um, I don't know. There's some things that just really got under my skin. The almost like uh what would they say? Uh, Burrowhead stadium. And yeah. just, just shit talking all week in the in the media. I'm all about some healthy competition. Don't get me wrong. Like we've talked about how competitive I am, but I also think there's an aspect of the the silent professional. Hey, I'm here to yeah. do business. I'm here to get to the Super Bowl. I thought since he was a little too flashy. And then on the backside, after the game, did you see any of the stuff about like oh yeah, just players shitting on other players, uh, like their teammates, their like, this is our team. This is, you know, us. We are a unit. And you're going to shit on your player. The guy who, you know, ultimately they're blaming for losing the game for Cincinnati. Like, that's that's not how you handle that situation. And so that that was a couple of, like, really frustrating points for Cincy for me. Uh, they may need to look internally at some of their culture. Um, yeah. yeah I wasn't a big and, fan. And we've seen, we've, you know, and – we, especially in the college football realm, you never want to give the opposing team a headline to put over the locker room, right? You never want to give them the the comments right. to the media that they're going to that they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's how what you think, and then they have a little bit more incentive to go out there and get it done. You never want to do that for the video of uh, I forget who it was of. Uh, Cincy player yelling at the other Cincy players are going back to the locker room. I mean, I, I, I don't know in that situation. That's, I don't know how much of that is a culture thing or how much of that is just frustration. I, I would almost let that one go. Some of the other like tweets and stuff like that from other players about that interaction was a little bit like, dude, you've that's, you've not been in that situation. Like you literally, you know, and how much of that is going to get handled in the locker room? 
And that's another thing that pissed me off was how many times do we have to do, have to show the camera angle of old boy crying on the sideline. Like, like, I mean, this literally he's in like his, what his like 20th game ever in the NFL, his dream to come true. Just trying to, just trying to make a play and makes a dumb decision, you know, should have gone down or whatever. And now we're going to literally show him for two minutes, like crying on the sideline, just completely devastated for his team. I don't, yeah. That's another thing that I don't, I don't, off. you know, I will, I will take a hard stance here and I, you know, I've never been in the, um, could have been to the Super Bowl situation, but I've been in some pretty sit- shitty situations with people that I, you know, would depend on my life with. And I will say there is, and I've had some letdowns in a lot of realms of life. There is, in my opinion, never a reason for you to shit on your teammate like that, who is actually a teammate and trying. Now, if you're a piece of shit and you intentionally had malicious thoughts, yeah, that's a different story. But your teammate who was just giving his best effort to try to help the team but failed, that is not okay in my book. I'm taking a hard stance on that. That is not how you treat teammates. That's not how you get better. It's not how you grow. That's That was bullshit. So I get it. Emotions run high. That was that is on the highest level as Americans, you know, can really comprehend, like you are about to go to the Super Bowl, but right. it's not okay in my book. I, I don't know. I, I pretty, pretty firm stance on that. Yeah. Well, they got some time just like yeah, they're not going anywhere. Bills got some time to figure it yeah. out because we got a, we got an off season coming in, coming up front. So they'll be able to figure it out. Hopefully. Yeah, like I said, I, I agree with you. I think they've got a good coach. Uh, I think old Joe Cool's not going anywhere. He's uh, he's going to be a quarterback for a long time, and you know they've got some some damn good weapons. So uh, maybe they tweak a little little thing here, a little thing there, and and they come back stronger. So obviously, uh, future's bright. They went to a Super Bowl, and then they got to the AFC Championship. So it's not like they're the Texans. Jesus. Yeah. So, no kidding. You know. Yeah, speaking of the Texans, uh, going into some coaching news. So D'Amico Ryan's uh, coming out of the 49ers, who is what I thought would have been one of the top coaching prospects, absolute stud on the defensive side of the ball, heading down to the Texans. Are you a little bit surprised here that he didn't? uh, I know he was obviously in consideration for the Denver job, and, and we can talk about where they're leaning, but are you a little surprised here? that he gets he goes to the Texans versus maybe getting picked up by another team. Yeah, um I wonder if this is out of necessity versus desire. I mean, first off, who desires to take the Texans in the shit show that they are in right now? Yeah. Um but maybe not trying to get into his shoes but just outside looking in going just look at what just happened at the Texans. Do I want to get into this hot mess of I'm going to be here a year and then they're going to fire my ass, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't want to mess with that, but because he goes to the Texans, you know, that probably solidifies the fact that other teams are already locked into who their number one go getter is like, you know, Sean Payton's probably going to Broncos. And so right. maybe, out of necessity, D'Amico goes, well, I'm ready to be a head coach. I know that I am. And, you know, dudes that get in this position, they're, they're go-getters, they're type A's. They they think that they're on top of the world, and there's no team that they can't inherit and go to the Super Bowl with. 
And, right. you know, that's a respectable quality. That's a, that's a guy you want as a head coach. And so maybe he goes, I don't give a shit if it's the Texans. I don't give a shit what happened to, uh, to Lovey. Um, I'm going to take this team and I'm going to the Super Bowl. And so, you know, maybe it's necessity. Maybe it's ego. Nonetheless, I think the dude's the right guy for a head coaching job. And I'm super pumped to see what he does uh, and if he can turn around that franchise. Yeah, and then maybe, you know, you look at it this like, uh, you know, you just got off uh, a par five and you triple bogeyed it. And it's like, well, it can't get any worse than this till you post the old snowman. So uh, yeah. maybe he's thinking like, hey, two and what are they were two and 14 or two, 13 and one. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I only get one win. Like, like Jesus, I'll, I can win three games here, boys. I'll roll the dice. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I, I like it. Uh, another big news, big news, and we just want to, at this point in time, just raise our hands to the sky and just thank the, thank the Lord that Kellen Moore has moved on from the Cowboys. <laughs> so uh, now, I, with a caveat, dear Lord, please don't let Mike McCarthy be the play caller now because we sure as shit don't want that, but... Thank God Kellen Moore has moved on from the Cowboys and he is at, headed out to the Chargers. I don't know, man. A uh, lot of weirdness here with Lombardi and Kellen Moore. You yeah. know, I agree with you. We talked offline about this. It Was it Kellen Moore? I know you don't love Kellen Moore, but was that Kellen Moore's issue or was that a Mike, Mike McCarthy issue? Right. Um, I, I don't know. They're, you know, split the pot 50 50. We, neither one of us really are high on either of those individuals. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that Dallas in their situation threw the blame on Kellen Moore. And, mm. and, and I almost wonder if it's like, hey, guys, the public and the fans think he's ass. Let's, let's scapegoat Kellen Moore, put this whole shebang on his back, fire his ass. We are in praises again. And, you know, Dak and McCarthy are going to win a Super Bowl this year. So, I don't know. I, I I, am very surprised that he did not get a head coaching job and then he just moved from Dallas into the same position with the Chargers. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of good coaches out there. Brian Flores still, right? So, he moving, he's, he's sitting and basically just uh, because – Mike Tomlin is a good dude and knows that Brian Flores is an amazing talent. I mean, Brian Flores is just kind of sitting in a holdover spot until he gets a head coaching job. So there's obviously other folks out there. Um, I don't know if Kellen Moore would be a good coach. He's not a very dynamic person. Like, I feel like that's an important quality as a coach. Uh, you need to be able to get out there. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, headed out to the Chargers. I think that's a downgrade for the Chargers. You're going to tell me Joe Lombardi was your problem and Kellen Moore is somehow the solution? I don't believe that yeah. for a freaking second. Yeah. I thought Joe Lombardi is a great offensive mind, still is. He's going to catch up. He's going to probably, hopefully, catch a HUD coaching job. If not, the Cowboys will take him as an offensive coordinator. We'll just do one-for-one -one swap. Let's go. That'd be wild shit if you just swap. And, and you know, like, to, to that point, that's not necessarily the wrong answer because culturally – how much depends on your head coach, your GM, yeah. the players that you're coaching. And so you could probably do a one-for-one -one swap, and, and one of those guys will thrive potentially, maybe both. 
So that's an interesting look at it. So any other coaching uh, chats before we move on? No, no, nothing else. I do want to pitch a question to you because I said at the beginning that there's no football going on this weekend. And obviously there is, but there really isn't. And there, you know, so Pro Bowl happens this weekend. So I wanted to get your thoughts about do you, what do you think about the Pro Bowl and do you really care that it's happening or I guess kind of is happening because they're doing flag football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you said, Yeah, like you said, there's no football going on this weekend. Is that, I mean, uh, come on, guys. Like, you're you're trying to church up a turd here. Nobody wants this. Nobody's going to watch this shit. This will absolutely plummet. Granted, I would watch a skills challenge. I would like to watch the best quarterbacks, see who has the, the longest arm, who has the best accuracy. Skill challenge is okay. But don't call it a Pro Bowl game and then play flag freaking football. Say, yeah. hey, we are worth too much money and we don't want to get injured. That's that. We're going to do a skills challenge. Hey, these are the guys that we would have selected as pro. These are Pro Bowl nominees. Call it a Pro Bowl. I don't give a shit. These are the best of the best. We acknowledge. And then do a skills challenge and call it. Yeah. A don't play flag freaking football, dude. Like the NFL is already getting soft enough as it is, and you want to change it to flag football? Like these are the best players in the NFL. Let's have them hug on the field. Yay! Slap hand. No, come on. Cut that shit out. Go to a skills challenge. Look for the Super Bowl. Done. I totally agree with you. It's, it's, it's like, honestly, it's it's a bunch of boomers sitting in the NHL or NHL NFL headquarters that are like, we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, well, <laughs> better like. Hey, how do we get the kids to like us? You know, they do all those TikTok dances. Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. Oh, you know, my my kids play flag football. Maybe we should play flag football. Oh, that's a great idea, Jimmy. And then we go play flag football. In reality, no one gives a shit. I am, however, interested to see in because in the army, uh, you to play flag football, right? Uh, you play a traditional like officers versus non commissioned officers, O's versus NCOs flag football game right around thanksgiving time it's a flag football game right it's a flag football game for about five seconds before some lieutenant decides to cross over the middle and some crusty staff sergeant that's been around for long enough and just had it you know he's on like his third divorce and he just can't take it anymore and then he blows up this like 22 year old bright-eyed bushy-tailed kid over the middle and then it just keeps going down from there, uh, culminating in this year uh, out in the 82nd Airborne Division with a full on benches clearing brawl that got everyone's like Thanksgiving leave canceled. I'm pretty sure. So uh, that 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 had to be battalion based, right? That wasn't O's versus NCOs, surely. No, yeah, it that. Correct. That was battalion. Okay. 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 That, okay. But it was it was sense. an it was an O's and NCOs game, battalion on battalion. So yeah. Okay. I'm all yeah. about that. Beat that yeah. ass. So, but I remember, it, dude, I I love those. I hey, just to just to real quick, those are the best because everybody thinks their battalion is the best, right? Their yeah. unit is the best. My group of dudes are the best. And then you go against the other guys who thinks they're the best. And that's no different than any other sport, except these guys are pent up 
with testosterone and want to kill bad guys and don't know shit about football for most of them. And so you're saying like, we didn't even play, you know, we didn't even have flags. Yeah. It was two hand touch. That was aggressive two hand touch that turned into tackle. And, right. Uh, dude, I missed that so much. And uh, the way we played was like, we did an internal one too. And the winner got like a, a toilet bowl. They literally got a toilet bowl. That was the trophy. So nice. I missed that shit. That's awesome. Yeah. But I'm interested to see if this goes the same way. You know, you got a little off, you get a off, you know, okay, a little Twitter challenges, little Twitter beefs going on. And then somebody takes Ed Reed to the face, like coming across the middle. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean, and to their point, like you and I are going to watch. We're not going to like it, but we're going to watch. Because any any feed is good feed. Any you know any uh, media is good media. So we're gonna watch. I just think it's garbage. Yeah, I would love to see just an overall, like you said, going to skills challenge. Like put somebody in like a like a bunch of people in like the American Ninja Warrior things, and like put them do do them like all kinds of crazy shit. Like closest to the pin challenge, and like all this. Who can ride a bull for eight seconds? Like let's just throw some crazy shit out there. <laughs> You got you got Stefan Diggs and Eli Apple playing tic tac toe. Fuck, I'll watch. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now's the part of the program where we typically talk about our beers. So as we transition to another topic, oh, yeah. so uh, let's talk about some brewskis. As it is, drink and think, uh, not just think. If it was just think. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. We probably wouldn't have gotten too far. So, no. uh, but here, here we, we are. We would have yeah. topped out at like 12 followers. Nobody would have listened yeah. to our ass. We was just think self canceled ourselves. Like, dude, we suck. We know we suck, but we feel better about it when we drink. So here we are. We keep going. Go. All right, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking. So I've, I'm trying out two. Uh, I do have. So uh, I got a sweet hat from boulevard brewing company yeah, you this do. koozie it's called the cold beer club just a just a we'll post a picture of it a little foam trucker hat looking thing me and i got dak one too we'll rock it here next time we link up but it's a badass hat so uh i'm drinking uh some beer that you gave me uh it's like this like goose island summer beers like oh don't, uh, sample no. sample too- pack uh and i like well i'll give a couple of these a try so i've tried there's four different ones in there and i've tried all four of them uh starting from the very least the summer shandy tastes like uh like a lemon Lemon drop drop. yeah it tastes like lemon drop with too much lemon and not enough vodka it's just not very good uh then you have the the goose island wheat which is like not that bad. Like, eh, you know, I it, it's like Miller Lite, but a little bit more wheat in there. So very clear, but it's not okay. gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna like write home about it. You could you could shotgun these all day. Uh, then next okay. we have uh, next we have what is this one? The three twelve or three one two? I don't know what it is. So this one is. Uh, yeah, it's correct. Uh, I, <laughs> so I didn't look at the back side of the can. Look, you need to come up with a better name if you're gonna put a big ass 312 on the side, like whatever. I digress. 
This one is the peach, and it actually is pretty damn good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I I haven't I haven't I'll, look, I'll let you finish your uh your intellectual breakdown of said beer. Uh yeah, it tastes like light beer and a little bit of peach. So it's kind of a peach <laughs> beer and it's 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 not bad. Like it is like I would not drink the uh I would not drink the lemon shandy. However, however, this is what I think you can do with the lemon shandy. Uh, I was recently made aware of this thing called the bromosa, right? So you take beer, okay. light beer, OJ, and vodka, and you mix it all together, and supposedly it's pretty good. So you take your lemon shandy, which is a shit beer in the first place, you yeah. put that in with some more citrus because you got some orange, and then you throw uh, so a lot of vodka in there. It'll probably be pretty good. I'll let you know. All right. Uh, first off, do you know who owns Goose Island? Uh, Hugo Chavez. I don't think he's alive anymore, but yeah, maybe his family. No, uh, that's that's so weird that your brain went to Hugo Chavez as owning three three twelve Goose Island Brewing, but I digress. Uh, Anheuser Busch. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so, and what's our favorite light beer on this podcast? Melot. Yeah, Melot. And and that's not Anheuser-Busch. So it just makes sense <laughs> that their uh, their lemon shandy asshole beer is just not great. So, uh, but the reason that I bought it is because I'm a cheap son of a bitch and they were about to expire and they had 12 packs, normally $18 for $6. So I bought like 16. So we're drinking lemon shandy, baby. We're going to have a lot of bromosas at the next uh, right. get-together. Oh, that's one of my favorite mixed drinks. I'm not a mixed drink guy. I don't like a ton of liquor. I'm I'm a beer guy, true and true. But I will mess with a, a mojito and a, a mimosa. And so uh, I make a mean brojito. And uh, you and I will find out soon enough about a bromosa. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have any more? You got one more you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's it. That was three. So I have three of them. I drank three. They were, they from the What's scale the, of, you said four. Is there one more or is it? No, I was incorrect because I thought there was a three twelve, and I thought there was a wheat and I thought there was a lemon shandy and a peach. <laughs> Turns out there's just a wheat, a lemon shandy and a peach. So there's three, which makes sense. Cause it's Track a 12 it. pack. So yeah. Yep, Math, all that three. shit. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Okay. Carry the one. Um, do you want me to? Yeah. Do you want me to review a beer, or do you want me to pull one from behind me right now? Oh, you go ahead. Because I think it's one. ready, and this is okay. this will be a this will be a on, test. I have not on air test. Let's go. This beer. Yeah. All right. So from we got our cup. Dax. Here we go. The, the kegerator or refrigerator. Yeah. Here we go. You see, that's a kegerator. Yeah. We got two taps on the keg behind me. Here we go. In the fridge. In the fridge, there's two uh, two five gallon kegs worth of beer in here. So let's pour this son of a bitch. Hey, what's your uh, handle there that you got on that? I'm not gonna lie to you. I got another one right here. I'm gonna make these. Uh, so you know, we're building the house, and I'm I'm building quite the uh, 
the man cave. I told the wife, build the house. I don't care what it looks like, what's inside. I don't care how much it costs. I just want a external man cave. And so she said, okay. So I've got this standalone building that we're building. It's going to have a bar. It's going to have a couch, TV. It's going to have eight taps in it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to have basically my own brewery uh, on my own property. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to use these as the tap handles. I honest to goodness do not know what this is. This is an Air Force round. I'm not Air Force. I am Army. Uh, I can tell you what a 40 mic mic looks like. I can tell you, um, you know, 30 millimeter. I can tell you what uh, all the, you know, 120s and 81s and 60s and yada, yada. I have no idea what this is, but it's cool and it's big. And, you know, you're putting warheads on foreheads with this thing. There's, you know, a lot of dead bad guys that came from these rounds. So it's pretty badass. It's going to make perfect for a tap handle. I'll tell you what it is. Cause I can All tell right. from here. So that's a 30, okay. that's a, that's, that's a 30 millimeter off of an A10. The gal eight. Gal eight. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I'm right. obviously I'm factoring in, you know, how small your hands are making that thing look pretty big. So uh, you based think on this that. is six inches, so this must look like it's about four foot long, but it's really about you know maybe seven inches. Case yeah, I so I'm gonna go with we'll its Gal eight, there. yeah, thirty millimeter okay. Gatling gun from the A10. The A10 is one of the more badass um, platforms that we have in the military. So, in, in my opinion, I've seen it do some pretty pretty dangerous stuff. So, here's the beer. Um, once again, I'm, I've gotten bad about giving names cause it's just gotta be the right time, right moment. You know, like we, we named the last one live on air as hamster wheel. Um, this one is, we, I think we mentioned it. It's, uh, a third a piece, two row German Pilsner and Vienna malt. And then it's like lightly hopped with hots. Same thing that, um, Miller lights hopped with. So this is like super light and crushable. Any basic beer drinker will will be able to drink this. It's not some super hoppy IPA. And uh oh my gosh, that is that is perfection. I got two names just bouncing around my head, but let me know what it tastes like and I'll spit them out to you. Oh, that is so good. That is light and crushable. Perfect amount, just a, a little over carbonated which I like. I like my beers a little extra carbonated. I'm yeah. not a flat beer guy. Yeah. Um, And it's malty. It's got some earthiness to it, which I like. Nice. I, I, honestly, this is, it's pretty early. Uh, that'll probably clean up a little bit, but there's a little bit of earthiness to it. And this is one that you, you put down quick. This is 5.1%. Mm. Uh, that's what it finished at. So this is just, Oh, this is right up our alley, dude. I can't wait to share this with you. This is so good. Well, uh, seeing that we can we can get into some golf, and uh, I've got three names, three potential names that you could use for it. So I'll I'll give them to you. Let me know what you think. All right. All right. So the first name is Texas Wedge. Because I feel I'm like about the, a Texas Wedge, baby. I feel like what you're describing is I feel like what you're describing is the. Uh, like this is the this is the beer that you have on the course 
that you, uh, you know, me and Dak, we got a rule when you birdie a hole, you shotgun a beer. I mean, that's just how it works. Uh, We don't do a lot of shotgunning. Yeah. So needless to say, we, between the two of us, we shotgun about zero beers. But uh, (laughs) anyway, although I did, I, you know, did this last weekend. I froze my booty hole off getting out there and uh, got a, got a shotgun or two in. Uh, Anyways. Texas wedge. So that's, that would be number one. The number two would be breakfast ball. So, you know, you okay. get up on the, get up on the tee, you didn't get to warm up. Uh, you know, you, you just shank the shit out of a drive and your partner being the good fellow that he is says, you know what, just go ahead and take a breakfast ball. No, no charge. I got, to, I got take, a, take I got a, a top ball. flight in my pocket for you. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So that, that would okay. be, yeah, so breakfast ball will be the the second one, and then if based on you said it's a really good one. If it was not so good, I was going to say three putt, but you said it was really good. So it Texas wedge, breakfast okay. ball, or three putt. I like the golf team as we're about to dive into it. I will say this: um, if my memory serves me right, which if my memory was as good about everything else as it is about recalling beer, like I would be working for nasa or some shit but i'm not uh i believe smutty nose i think that's a new york company has a beer called breakfast ball um so let's avoid that i will say at 5.1 percent, you put about 10 of these back and everything is now a texas wedge which you know that's how my game usually devolves because i can't chip i my rule is a bad putt is better than a bad chip so I'll be out yeah. there Texas wedging like 50 yard shit. You're like, dude, you're in the third cut. What are you doing? Texas wedge, baby. So I'll I'll put all kinds of shit. I like Texas wedge. That may be the that may be the name right there. There you go. There you go. Have you seen this thing where people are putting out of both bunkers? So two things come to mind. People are they're they're literally putting up this what? this they're they are taking a putter from the bottom of the bunker. They're you know, whacking the shit out of the ball. It runs up the side, and then it plops onto the green, and they're all good. Because it's, you know, it, gravity and shit. Two yeah, things come to mind. Two things come to mind when I see that. Number one, I don't know how many shots you took before you showed that video of you putting this two feet from the hole, putting out of a bunker. Number two, you sure as shit ain't playing at the courses that I am, because if you put out of these some bitches, you're hitting like a rock. There might be some alive animal that's like crawling through there as you're trying to get out of there. So <laughs> we're at some really nice courses if you're able to put out of a bunker. Yeah, but the really nice courses usually have bunkers that are, you know, man high. Like, I don't know how you're yeah. ramping something up seven, eight foot of a of a bunker side there. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I'm going to look. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. It's a thing. All right. Well, we we talked about golf, so why don't we just give a preview? Football is dead for us. We've got one more game to talk about. We will preview the Super Bowl next week. We're going to dive way deep into the Super Bowl and kind of our thoughts there. But hockey and golf are upon us, which we're excited about. Tell us a little golf news. Yeah, so uh, John Rahm, who is obviously he's currently golf number one, played in five tournaments so far. Uh, since the new season started, won two of them. He's won two of them, won two of them back-to-back. And that, he is throwing some darts around there. So uh, he is definitely, as we get closer, getting into April time frame, 
never won a Masters, uh, but he is going to be someone that people are going to look for, probably odds-on early favorite. I bet you if you looked at odds for the Masters to win, he's going to be up there, obviously, because it's world number one, but he's already won twice this year, which is a, a pretty, obviously, pretty good start. Yeah, and I like him. He seems like a good dude. Uh, he's got his head on his shoulders, not a douche canoe. He did not win last week, though. Correct. Correct. Probably if, you know, there's a couple people in golf, maybe golf more than any other sport that I think that we think really is the embodiment, the spirit animal, I would say, of Drink and Think Nation. Uh, obviously, Number the one OG, being John Daly, <laughs> the OG being John Daly um, and, and, you know, Ricky Fowler. I bet Ricky Fowler is he just doesn't give a shit. I bet he throws down, doesn't even care. Uh, I wish Rick. Yeah, Big Dick Rick. I wish that guy as much success as he could get. I mean, coming kind of coming back, hopefully he, he's able to make it happen. But Max Homa, Max Homa is another guy out there who he's a man of the people. He doesn't care. And if though for those of you that haven't seen this, he's got kind of this trend on Twitter where you send him a recording of your swing and he just roasts the shit out of you. Yeah, um, I saw something the other day. It was the 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 best Twitterer to ever golf and the best golfer to ever tweet, or something like that. <laughs> like, he will he will not hold back, and he will make you feel like a tiny person with some of his responses, and they're gold. Yeah, so I'll just read some of the top ones out for 2022. This guy who's got he's got a real kind of jerky swing. You can tell just on his setup, way too rigid. Max Homa's response was, wow, it's like you have a training aid that electrocutes you when, you, when there's a swing flaw and you've kind of learned just to deal with it. <laughs> uh, next one was uh, this guy, he's hitting an iron shot or a wedge shot into the green and uh, he just hits it fat, like 10, like 10 feet behind the ball. Max Homa, I have it on mute, but I can still hear the club impact. <laughs> Uh, another guy who sets up and he could tell he's, you know, he's on a, a expensive course. He's got like, he's a young guy, but he's got like a, a freaking old man outfit on. And he said, I don't know if I can roast you, but you have the longest thumb in history. Another one on the outfit. It's like, if you, yeah, the cart girl is totally into me was an outfit was another one. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, uh, well, and then he he had one recently where it was about the Patrick Reed thing, which right? Which was pretty solid too. Yeah. So the Patrick Reed thing is, I don't know. He has been the arch nemesis of golfers everywhere for a long time. He has been the whipping boy of golf for a while, and he continues. You know, obviously he's over in the Live Tour but got to play this last week, he continues to uh, to really cement himself in the position of everyone hates me. Very hateable. Very hateable dude. Like, not a man of the people. And of all sports, you know, you know, not a lot of people play hockey. We watch hockey. Not a lot of people are, you know, playing pickup seven on seven. We watch football. We golf, though, and so golf makes it relatable to the people. And so you want to cheer for the dude that is a dude. 
And Patrick right. Reed is just not a freaking dude, man. He's just the like the epitome of douche canoe. Yeah. And so there's there's been a couple things that have come out recently on Patrick Reed, right? So number one is uh he's has a ongoing like Twitter feud, which is the dumbest shit in the world to begin with, but he's got a Twitter feud with Roy McElroy. Uh, prior to the the Thursday afternoon uh, match, they're on the warm-up uh, for the opening round. Patrick Reed walks over to say something to Rory McIlroy. Rory doesn't even pay him any mind, and Patrick Reed kind of tosses a live golf tee over at Rory McIlroy. A bunch of people erupt on Twitter. And Rory McIlroy says, well, he subpoenaed me, I guess his lawyer subpoenaed me on like Christmas Eve or something like that for this lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Uh, so he does, he, I'm not having it, whatever. But Patrick Reed has been a known cheater for years. Like people that play with him say he cheats. He is just for whatever reason, you know, he's that guy. Like we all play with that guy that every time you get to the green, he just says he double bogeyed and you're just like, I'm pretty sure you hit about four or five before we got into the T we got off the T box, but, but be that as it may Patrick Reed hits a drive, hooks it into the trees is looks up into the tree. So I, I listened to like the, the rules analysis of this. So looks up into the tree and sees a golf ball in this palm tree and says, that's my ball which means he can take an unplayable and take a, you know, a shot from there versus having to go back to the tee box and re-tee it up. And the ref, the rules analyst can't say, Nope, that's not your ball. You know, he doesn't know what he was playing with, but obviously, and of course the internet being undefeated goes back and Patrick Reed wasn't even looking in the right tree. He just saw someone's ball up there, figured, Hey, fuck it. What are they going to do? And the rules analyst couldn't do anything about it, so he gets to take an unplayable and hit from there. That's the kind of person he is. Uh, not someone you would definitely want to take into a firefight. Pretty much a shit bag, but he is what it is. Yeah, and it all comes back to, like, what kind of dude you are. You know, like, the likable players out there, like the the homas. Or, you know, like, Tiger Woods could have been, like, six miles away from the tree that he looked up in. And be like, that's my ball. And people be like, ah, oh, that's his fucking ball. Move the tree. Move the whole, yeah. unroot that son of a bitch so he can get yeah. a better lie, you know? Loose impediment. Like, right, yeah. Like, what kind of person are you? And so uh, I think most of the golf community agrees that uh, he is not the dude. And so that kind of sparked our uh, definitely maybe of the week is who is definitely your, not like the people's, but who is definitely your most hated person in sports probably? So there's a lot of them out there, you know, and yeah. most of them as a, as a Duke basketball fan, half of them are, are Duke players, Grayson Allen, uh, yeah. just hated by everyone. Um, you know, Christian Leitner, like the list goes on and on. So we, we won't take the low hanging fruit there. I want to know like who boils your blood? Like who do you just despise in the sports world? I have, I mean, like you said, there's, there's a lot of people out there. Um, 
This is going to be maybe a little bit of a hot take. It will be a hot take, and I don't give a shit. So uh, there we go. Uh, LeBron James. Oh, I hate him. Okay. I can't stand LeBron either. I hate him. He's just, uh, if you saw the, the last thing or his last, like, just absolute outburst, got it. He's a phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete, like, just a freak of nature. I hate him. Oh, the he, falling, are you are the falling on the court? Falling down oh, because mid-cap. he said yeah. he got fouled and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, like, just beside himself. And I know like people from Ohio, they're big to defend him, even though he threw the calves under the bus a couple times, but uh, they're like, Oh, he does a lot of charity. And that's great. I, I understand. He might be a phenomenal person. I don't think he is, but he might be, I could be wrong, but I just don't like him. I don't like him. He's a whiny crybaby son of a bitch. And uh, like all of the most of basketball right now, they just it's it's just an absolute disaster. No one really like it doesn't have great ratings for that reason. So LeBron James can't stand him. I don't disagree. Um, I do think he does a lot for his community. Uh, he's yeah. built a school. Um, I, I know he does a ton. That, yeah. Yeah. That like all of his Nikes are actually made like in Ohio or something, which I just I definitely assume they were made in China. Um, and to that point, like it, it irked me. I had to buy new basketball shoes recently and I searched the depths of the internet to find a shoe that wasn't LeBron's, but I ended up buying LeBron James basketball shoes just because they have high ankles support and I've got bitch ankles. I've rolled them 50 times playing basketball over the years. Uh, I never broke a, a, a femur or whatever the hell you broke playing, you know, pickup intramural, but neither here nor there. Uh, it really – I'm not going to give you time to respond. It really hurt me to buy LeBron's, but I did. I'm not a fan either. I think, uh, you know, maybe he has good intentions and he does do a lot for the community, but I agree. I think it's kind of fake and there's a lot that bothers me. I'm going to go similar, same sport, same team. I freaking hate Russell Westbrook. Just despise the dude. Yeah. As much of a competitor as people say that he is, he is not the guy. He, yeah, like his attitude. Like again, we how how many times we talked about it. Like I like that silent professional. Uh, you know, actions not words, deeds not words, kind of thing. Like show me who you are with your ability. Yeah, not with how much shit you can talk or how much you can bow up after one freaking layup. Like the dudes, um, like. The definition of douche canoe, and I'm going to put him right in there with Patrick Rude. He is definitely my most despised player in sports currently, probably. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to argue with you, and maybe that's why nobody likes the NBA. So yeah, all right, or the Lakers. All right, so moving to a sport that's uh, we're fading in the NBA. We still love college basketball. We're ready for March, however. The NBA is just softer than baby shit. But let me talk about a sport that is not soft, and that is the NHL. And we love some hockey, and we love some some backyard brawls and just beating the shit out of each other. And we saw a game the other day that had, like, five fights, three within, like, 30 freaking seconds. And we love some hockey, and we're going to dive right into that, you know, post-Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll give you a little taste tonight. Yeah, I mean, who – if you could just describe this sport, this is a sport, the professional that 
grown men play where they can hit each other with sticks. They can literally like you got dudes that are missing teeth that are still out there because they've taken too many pucks to the freaking face meet. Like the, the injuries that these guys have where they just go sit on the bench they like rub some like Vicks vapor rub on that shit. And he's like, ah, I don't need a pelvis. And then you just get back out there. <laughs> Gotta love it. So hockey is it's, it's wild and it's great in the regular season too, because uh, a lot of people that only catch playoff hockey, they're like, well, there's not any fights. Well, that's because that shit really matters in the playoffs and you don't want to get a five minute penalty. So, uh, a lot of fights happen in the regular season, which is a great thing that hockey absolutely is is doing the right thing to keep around. I also think that hockey has the best, like the best commentators and sports shows. Like these are dudes that you know are just they're like crushing beers all the time. Uh, even on like the NHL network or TNT or you know, uh ESPN, like it it's just a funny time. They're digging on each other. So a big thing with hockey right now is the Boston Bruins are on a record setting pace potentially to have the most wins in regular season history in the NHL. They're on pace to get 65 in a season, which would beat the previous record at 62, which the Detroit Red Wings had in 1995, as well as the 2018 Tampa Bay Lightning. They had beat it by three games. So they got a couple games to spare there. And then also, points-wise, they would beat the 1977 Canadians record of uh, 136 points. So they're on pace to get 139. So tune in. Like if there's, you know, we're in those time periods where now you don't have anything to do on Monday night. Now you don't have anything to do on Tuesday night. There's a hockey game on. Just turn it on. See some dude just get absolutely hip checked into the bleachers and uh it's a it's a good time hockey's one of those things like if you don't know hockey you didn't grow up in a hockey culture or watching hockey it's it's sometimes it's hard to pick up and so you're like i see these dudes going back and forth i don't know the rules what the hell is this offsides thing what is icing i can't right. follow the puck it's a uh, it's one of those things that it comes with time just keep watching stay you know stay for the fights but continue for learning the love of the game um i agree with you some of the best commentators like we love football that is always our love we are a college football first we love the nfl however if you were to pick like a something that embodies the the spirit of dak and dave it's hockey and um, absolutely and and you know not only are the commentators great but like i love the refereeing there because it's a more physical sport so you're allowed to let things go and and hockey refs they hit like shit i missed a call guys i'll make it up to you right cuz you could call something every 5 seconds in hockey just because right. of how physical it is but the refs have a lot of leniency to say like no nope, let the boys play and then so i just i love that like the sport and then you know like the commissioner of hockey was like dude like that is old school hockey we we saw five fights in a game that is what our sport's about like dude preach in a world of 2023 where we're canceling everything and everything's too sensitive and let's hug and rainbows and unicorns and shit like these dudes are punching each other in the face and that is that is us like we can't express how much we love that and so like if you're not a hockey guy but you listen to this podcast you're like oh well well football's over what the hell are we going to do now 
just turn it on. And if you don't understand it the first time, just keep watching. It will grow on you. And before you know it, I, I think we said it last season as as the playoffs and the, uh, everything was wrapping up. We were like, hey, just just keep going. Just keep watching. And so hopefully we've turned some people on to hockey this year. I can't wait to watch this season continue. We haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but I've been watching. Uh, it's so great, dude. I actually, I realized something. I texted my buddy earlier today. I may be a Capitals fan, and I didn't realize it. Uh, I, I don't have like a hardcore fan base that I cheer for. I like the sport of hockey. I follow games. I follow who's, who's hot. Um, and like you said, where, where the NFL is like, you've got 90% of it happening on Sunday at 12 o'clock. And then you've got a couple of games at, you know, three and a couple of games, one game at night. Hockey is a Tuesday night or a, a Thursday evening. Like there's, there's games spread out all the time. And so, we are a sports people. We don't give a shit right. if it's curling or water polo. We're going to watch because we like competition. And so hockey gives that to us. We're we're able to watch these things throughout the week. So just I stay tuned. I may be a Capitals fan. Uh, I grew up watching them as a kid. I watched uh, a game in D.C. a couple months ago. I realized I can name all the players on the team. And I was like, shit, am I a Capitals fan? My buddy texted me back. He's like, I think you're a Caps fan, dude. I'm like, oh well, shit. So I don't know. We're this may develop. I may, you know, uh, once you commit to a team, though, that's like a lifelong thing. You don't, you know, For sure. you t- tend to not bail on that. Like once you buy some swag from them, like if you own a piece of clothing, like you are locked in mortally to that team. And so we'll see how the season develops. But uh, there's a lot of good hockey out there, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Unlike the 90% of Chiefs fans that just picked this up in the last like five years since they got Patrick Mahomes, you absolutely, you have to be devoted. And I had a discussion with my wife that today about why I don't like Kansas City because of their fan base, because they're all, uh, they're all just uh, fair weather fans. But we won't get into that. Uh, we'll save that for another day, but that wraps it up, right? So we've covered. Yeah. The Gambit, we've covered golf, we've covered hockey, we've talked about beer, of course, and we've talked about the NFL. I mean, I'm sure there's some other stuff out there. We could have talked about fencing or some shit like that, but we'll leave that for another podcast. Uh, so, But it is time for a safety brief. So uh, you or me? Well, I don't have one prepared, but I'll pull something deep out of the, the doldrums of safety briefs. Uh, the do- the doldrums. And the doldrums of hamster wheel. No, yeah. I, I, so I'll, how about this? I will do one using some of your words. Okay. All right. So that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could go out there. Most of stuff, which would, you know, potentially get us in trouble, but uh, I will, I will say that we talked about people that we hate people that are just like, you know, the epitome of, of someone that you would you wouldn't you know trust to uh, follow them to walk around the corner, uh, and I'll I will use some of Dak's words. You know, kindness is free, so Hell go yeah. out there. Don't be a Patrick Reed. If you get a triple bogey, fucking mark yourself down for a triple bogey. You post a snowman, embrace it. Chug a beer anyways, and you'll see if you work that slice out on the next tee box. Like. Don't be an asshole. 
Don't be the person that we say, man, we hate that guy and we're describing you. If that's you, kindness is free. Turn your life around because no one wants to play golf with you if you can't mark down the right score. And you'll never get better. You'll post snowmans, but write down bogeys for the rest of your life. And people will talk shit about you behind your back because you're a douche canoe. I completely agree with you. Uh, that's that's why we do this podcast together, because that was actually going to be my exact safety brief. So here we go. Uh, kindness is free. Be a good human. And if you suck at golf, just be true to yourself. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right, bro.